return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Last day, I appreciate the opportunity to speak today. Tonight, it's going to be a good night. Amen. Uh, last. Last week I, uh, good, amen. Last week I talked about um, just how we all have gifts, and um, we want to use those gifts for the glory of God. Now he's, yeah. he's dropped gifts in us from when we were born, and there's a difference between spiritual gifts, um, so maybe like a tongue and interpretation, there's a gift of healing the Bible talks about, word of prophecy, a word of knowledge. Yeah. Word of wisdom, and those are spiritual gifts, but I really, really wanted to talk about, and what I talked about last time was the physical gifts that we get from God. So from our birth, you know, where Pastor Dave just had a, had a sports athletic gene yeah. in him yeah. that he nurtured and that he grew and uh, was able to do athletics in college. And so that was a gift that he had at the beginning, right when he was born, and it was through genetics, it was how God made him. And uh, wired him to uh, do well and succeed at that. Uh, we talked last time too about in Exodus when God wanted all the artisans to assemble and to make the tabernacle and to make the cloth and, and the beams and, and uh, you know, what weave together the, the goat's hair and, and all the things that they used on the tabernacle. Yeah. And he specifically called out people by name to say, I want you to lead and I want you to lead. And so he cares about our gifts. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, he knows our likes and our dislikes. Amen. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses even better than we do. And he gifts us with gifts that go with our personality. So again, Pastor Dave in athletics, somebody might have another gift that you um, want to pursue. Maybe it's something that's been dormant that you really want to pursue for the Lord. And I would encourage you to do that. If you have the means and the opportunity, pursue those things that you want to do with the gifts that God has given you. And the gifts he gives us, he wants us to use for our specific ministry. Amen. And and so I titled the message, Walk Worthy of Your Calling, um, because he doesn't want us to do someone else's ministry, but he wants us to do the calling that he's given us. He wants us to walk worthy of that calling. So let's go to Ephesians 2.10. And it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes. So tonight I want to talk about appreciating the call of, that God has on your life. And I think it's an important topic because sometimes it's easy to say, well, so-and-so has more abilities or gifts than I do. I feel like they can do more for the Lord. Yes. Or they can, you know, I really want... Uh, their ministry. That's that's what I want to do. I want their ministry almost as a covetous, covetousness thing. And in my footnotes for that word worthy in Ephesians 4.1, it says the word worthy means of sufficient weight 
So it's a quality issuing from acknowledging what Christ has poured into us rather than whatever worth is felt or unfelt in oneself. And I thought that was an interesting uh, definition of this word uh, worthy, that it's a sufficient weight. And it goes back to show that he, God knows us better than we know ourselves. Yep. I mean, he knows what's sufficient for us. And we want to acknowledge that Christ gave us these ministries. Christ gives us this calling that we have in our life to live for him. And he poured that into us, whether we feel worthy or not. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but whatever job you're in or whatever ministry you feel you have, your sphere of influence, sometimes it's easy to feel inadequate when you're talking to somebody or, or when, when you're trying to minister to somebody. Um, but this verse is saying that, that he wants us to walk in that calling, yeah. that it's not an inadequate calling because he's called you to do it. Amen. He's called you to do this. And it said that he prepared it beforehand, that we should walk in the things that he's called us to do. Yeah. So when we walk worthy of our calling, we recognize that Jesus gave us this ministry that we have. We want to be grateful for that ministry. Amen. We want to appreciate it, no matter what it is, and whether, whether we feel it's great or small, we want to appreciate what God gave us. Nobody's called to do what I'm called to do. Nobody's called to do what you're called to do. Amen? You're the one who is called, that Jesus has ordained. We've talked, I've talked earlier just about how he's already anointed us to preach the gospel. He's anointed you in your calling. Amen? Whatever, whatever that calling is, he's already anointed you to do it. So we may have similar calling, but it means God has called me specifically and you specifically to have our own ministry through him. Mm -hmm. Amen. And for me, that makes me feel good, because if I'm comparing myself to somebody else's ministry, if I'm comparing my influence compared to somebody else's influence, well, I don't have to do that anymore because I know I have my specific calling. I'm not trying to walk in somebody else's calling. I'm trying to walk in my own calling and do what God has called me to do. Amen. And so we might have similar callings, but we have specific callings to our own lives through Jesus. Maybe sometimes you wish uh, that you had someone else's life. Maybe sometimes you thought it looked better than yours. The grass is always greener on the other side mentality. Amen. But I want to tell you that your life matters and your ministry matters. Amen. And without your ministry, the body of Christ is incomplete. Because we all work together. The body of Christ works together to have, to, to run well. Amen. To run efficiently. Just like our body works together. And if one falters, it's a lot harder to get around. If, if I have, if my knee's bad, it's harder for me to walk. If my, if my hearing's bad, I can't, it's harder for me. My other senses have to step up. And so that's what the body of Christ does. Amen. When there's an area maybe that, that we're weak. Well, we gather around, we encourage one another, yeah. amen, we sing over one another, yeah. and we do the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But your life matters, your ministry matters, and we are a small part of a big thing that's happening in the body of Christ. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about it before, that, that if in the day of Pentecost, if those were the last days, then we're really in the last days still, yeah. and even closer than when we, were, than when we first believed, yeah. amen, we're closer than when we first believed. So it's important that we know that we were made for such a time as this. As it says in the Bible, we were made to live out our ministry here on earth at this time. But we are. We're all part of a body. And we go to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. 
there's a lot of scriptures too on this. I just picked a couple, but it says, For as the body is one, it has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the fact the body is not one member, but many members. So the human body, if we think of just the human body in its physical form, we have, (laughs) including but not limited to, we have bones, we have joints, we have veins, and then we have organs, we have systems that run and work together in our body. And some of them, the skeletal system holds the form of our body. If we didn't have a skeleton, I would be about this tall. Amen? So our skeleton system is very important. Our nervous system helps us feel things. When we touch, if I touch a stove, my nerves tell me, that's hot, you better get your hand off of it, or you're going to burn your hand. Right? So I, I use my nervous system. My muscular system allows me to walk, allows me to lift heavy things. Amen? Allows me to see. We have muscles in our eyes. Many, many muscles in our eyes. Amen? So we see even things that we can't see. I can't, I don't, I can't see the muscles in my eyes. I can't see the muscles underneath unless I'm, you know, hit the, start hitting the gym a little bit. Amen. I can't see my abs. I wish I could, but I can't. They're there, though. But all those things work together. Even though we can't see them, they all work together for one purpose, and that's to keep us alive. That's to keep us moving and keep us strong. First so, uh, Corinthians, if we keep going to verse 15... It says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, it is, therefore, is it therefore not of the body? Can you, doesn't that sound ridiculous? If I were to say, well, my hand's not my foot, so it's not, I can't include it as part of my body, well, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole uh, were hearing, where would be the spelling? Amen? So we don't want to envy somebody else's ministry. Or calling, because if we don't walk in our calling, the body would be missing something. So we see, um, if we go back to those preceding verses, we see that the question, because I am not a hand, am I not of the body? What that's saying is, because I don't have this ministry, is my, my ministry doesn't matter. Right? That would be the question that we would have, we have, we'd have to ask ourselves is, because I don't have this big ministry, my ministry doesn't matter. Well, of course our ministry matters because we're all one body of Christ. Amen. In 18, but, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they're all one member, where would the body be? So it's easy to say, oh man, I really wish I had so-and-so's ministry. I wish I could reach the people that so-and-so. Man, I tell you what, I would love to, I love basketball, I would love to be a professional athlete, professional basketball player, and reach all of those professional athletes for Jesus. Amen? Well, somebody else hopefully is doing that. In my stead, of course. You know, I, I could have, I chose not to. Um, no, but you see what I'm saying is that God places us in, in positions of influence where we're going to be the most, most effective. Amen? And so we want to make sure that we grasp onto that, that we, that we embody that calling that he has for us. If everybody was in the church here, if everybody, everybody was in the children's ministry and only wanted to do the children's ministry, we, will, we wouldn't have a worship ministry. We wouldn't have an usher's ministry. If everyone wanted to be in the worship ministry, we wouldn't have a kitchen ministry or a children's ministry or media ministry. 
So we see even in the local church, we all have skills, we all have things that God has put on our heart to do so that we can function even as just a local church. If we go on to verse 20, uh, 20 here, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. So, on the other side of the coin, we don't want to look down on other ministries. Amen. We don't want to say, well, my ministry is so great, and theirs is just okay. Right? Because, because it says that we cannot say, I have, I have no need of this ministry. Why? Because every part of the body of Christ is important, as important as the other part. Amen? So we want to treat, just how God, God shows no partiality to us, we don't want to show partiality to other ministries. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I'm not talking about ministries that, you know, there might be a ministry that, that has gone astray and isn't doing anything for the Lord. I'm not talking about it in that sense, but I'm just talking about the, the, um, how we would see insignificance. Insignificance isn't how God sees right. insignificance or significance. Yeah. We all need each other. Amen. We all play, play a crucial part in the body of Christ. Uh, 23, and, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part with la- which lacks it. There should be no schism in the body, but the members should have uh, the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And that's how a body works. And I think I always think of, and I go back to when when the 120 were in the upper room, that it says they were all in one accord. They all had one mind. And they were all for each other. They were all working together at one purpose. Yeah. Amen. And I always think about, could you imagine the body of Christ in the world if that was, you know, if we didn't, if, if there wasn't these divisions in Christianity, in the body of Christ, how much more we could reach people, how much more we could do things for the Lord. And I think that's why it's important that as you get down even to the local church level, and Pastor Dave and Jeannie have done a great job of this, but having a vision for what you want to see, and as a congregation getting behind the vision of a local church, whatever, whether it's this church or another church, if you can't get behind the vision of the church, it's not going to be run as efficient maybe as it could if we all had one vision. Amen. And there might be things in, in churches that people don't agree with 100%. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And it doesn't mean that we can't get behind it. Amen. The body is just like the body of Christ. And that we have all different parts to play in order to function properly. There's a lot that goes on here at the tabernacle for it to function properly and to be uh, a growing ministry for 40 years. Amen. No one's job is more important than anybody else's. Saying that my ministry is less important than yours or vice versa is really a slap in the face to God. Because it says that God gave us our ministries. So if if I say, well, my ministry isn't as important as yours, then I'm saying, God, you you screwed up. You didn't didn't do well when you put this in my my calling into into focus, into play. Because he gave us these ministries. He gave us these callings. So if we go to 1 Corinthians and we continue to go, 1228, oh, it's right here. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, 
Third, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Amen. I think I'm going to stop there. So, God gave everybody different ministries. And so, we see some there. If we go to Ephesians 4.11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So, God gave us these callings. He gave us these ministries, amen, to walk in. It's not like God drew our name out of a hat. You know, he shook it up and said, okay, let's see. Let's see what ministries Randon going to get here. Ah, professional basketball player. No. He didn't, he didn't do that. The Bible says, and I talked about this last time too, is he knew us before we were born. That he formed us and he knit us together in our mother's womb. If he took that much time, do you think he's going to know exactly what triggers you as far as gets you going and motivated and the skills that you fit with your personality and all these things? I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, you might see there might be a doctor in the family and you might have a second generation, a third generation, a fourth generation, all genetics of doctors in a family. Why? Because that's their personality. That's what they like to do. That's what, they, that's what drives them. That's what uh, brings joy to their life. And you know what? Some people, you know, I've heard people say, well, what if I have a ministry that I don't like? Or God puts me somewhere where I don't want to be? Well, I think that God is full of grace. The Bible says that, and we'll read it later, but that we can approach the throne room of grace in times of need, when we need help. And the Lord's not going to call you to do anything that he's not going to give you the grace for. And he's not going to call you anything that you can't, maybe at first, even if you don't enjoy it, that you're not going to come to enjoy. Because he wants you to enjoy life. The Bible says that Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So he wants us to have a good quality of life. Well, he's not going to put us in a spot that we absolutely do not want to be if, um, if he hasn't called us and given us the grace to do that. Yeah. Amen? So he gave us these, call- these callings. I think of it like a football team. You have a 52-man roster with specific skills. So um, you have a quarterback, you have a wide receiver, you know, offense and defense and special teams and all these things. Well, the quarterback can't just one day say, I think I want to be a wide receiver today. I'm just going to go out. I don't care what the coach says. I'm just going to be a wide receiver. I'm not going to be a quarterback today. Why? Because they haven't been trained to, they've been trained to be a quarterback. They haven't been trained to be a wide receiver. Again, when God put special gifts and, and, and skills in you from the moment that you were born, maybe you not even realizing it, you're honing those skills as you get older. My daughters love to draw. And so they'll, without even realizing, they'll just be drawing and they'll, but without realizing it, they're getting better at that craft. They're getting better at that skill. They might think it's just something fun for them to do, but they're actually getting better. And I believe that that's a calling and that's a skill that the Lord can use, amen, now and later on in life. Amen. So we, wanna, we don't want to despise the things that God has called us to do. We don't want to despise the gifts, no matter how insignificant we think they are, God thinks that they're significant. Amen. And really, it's his opinion that matters anyways. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love, uh, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so, just look at some of the words that we, that we see here. 
says, from the whole body, joined and knit together. We did a couple Sundays ago, three or four Sundays ago, we, we sang a song at the end of service and we all joined arms. And just how, how we are for each other and we are knit together as the body of Christ. And you think of being knit together, you know, no matter how fragile, you know, say like crochet and you have yarn. And, and one piece of yarn, you know, if you're strong enough, you can just break the one piece of yarn. But if you knit it together and you make it stronger, then no matter how hard you pull, that yarn's not going to come apart. Yep. Amen. And so when we, when we are knit together and it says that uh, um, every joint supplies according to the effective working. And I love that word effective. Yep. That we are effective together. By which every part does its share. Again, equal. We do all of our ministries in God's eyes are all um, important and equal. Amen. He doesn't see one more important than the other. Causes growth of the body for its edifying of itself in love. And that's really the, the big thing that knits us together is love. Yep. Amen? We want to prefer one another in love. And, and when we do that, when, when we allow another ministry to grow, um, what are we doing? We're edifying somebody else. We're edifying them in love. And at this church, we have a lot of people that speak, and if they have opportunities, or if they want to, they can come to Pastor Dave and, and ask for the opportunity to, to share. And what are we doing? Edifying. We want to edify people to go out, we want to equip the equip, equip the saints to go out and do the work of the ministry. As ministers of the gospel, we walk in the call God gave us based on the gifts that He gave us. If we back up a little bit to Ephesians 4 7, it says, But each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led cap- captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Again, he gives us these gifts. One thing that we can't do, or one thing that can happen if we're not satisfied with our ministries, we can be offended. Offenses can come. If we're not, and I'm not saying that we should be content where we're at. We want to continue to grow. But I'm just talking about with, with the calling God has for us, we want to be satisfied with that calling. We can start asking questions like, why can't my ministry be more like so-and-so's? Or that looks so much easier, so much fun than what I'm doing right now. Amen. You know, sometimes there'll be a season, amen, that, that we just go through. There's going to be things that there might be a struggle. Maybe maybe we feel like our ministry is being ineffective. Maybe well, maybe that's a season that that Satan is really trying to buffet you. Amen. And we can combat that with the Word of God. But if we go again, if we go to John one thirty five. So we, we may ask the question, why can't our ministry be more like so-and-so? And I thought this was interesting. It says, and again the next day, John, uh, John, John the Baptist, stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. And so can you imagine, John has this following, he has these disciples. Yep. And I wonder if the thought crossed John's mouth, or John's head like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, I just lost two of my congregation. Yeah. Lamb of God. Heard them speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and seeing them following, said, Who do you, what do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. And that was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And I saw this scripture and I thought, well, John could have easily been offended, yeah. right? Yeah. Because 
too, and, and, you know, Andrew recruited Peter, and, and, you know, James and John, they're all part of the same group, and, and did great things, you know, and, and got to learn under Jesus and different things. But what if John was offended? Right? John had a big following. We have to remember, too, that he was really the first real prophet since Malachi about 400 years ago. So the Jewish people had not seen a prophet in 400 years. They've been under captivity. They've been under slavery. Then they, they um, got ruled by the Romans. And so John was this guy that came and was actually one of the first prophets, was, was the first prophet since Malachi before um, there's radio silence between Malachi and Matthew. Amen. And so we see that, that John lost two disciples. Now, John knew that Jesus was the Christ, so I'm sure that was a little easier to let him go. But I'm sure the devil tried to put thoughts of bitterness, thoughts of inadequacy, like, well, isn't my ministry good enough for these two? Why are they, why are they leaving my ministry? Amen. But I tell you what, we, our number one goal on this earth is to raise the kingdom of heaven higher. Amen. And so when I talk about somebody else's ministry and, I, and you see some of these ministries have thousands and thousands of people and, and or some of these uh, YouTube influencers nowadays, the kids, there's no kids in here really, but they might look at like a YouTube influencer. My, my son, both my sons love YouTube videos and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we're like, oh, I wish I had this many followers on YouTube or, you know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. <clears throat> but if we look at somebody else's ministry and we say, and we think that my ministry is inadequate compared to theirs, our heart's in the wrong spot. Right. Man, because we want the, we want the Holy Spirit to get the increase. We want the Lord to get the increase. Amen. Yeah, amen. He could have been mad that two of his disciples just left to follow in someone else, but John understood his purpose. He understood his ministry. He knew he had a job that was unique to him. So we don't judge success by our following. We should judge success by our obedience. I mean, and John knew that he was being obedient to what he was called to do. And that is what God wants us from the ministry that he's given us. And we look at 1 Samuel 15. The Bible says, So Samuel said, "Has um, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. So, if you know one thing about obedience, if you're obedient, then sacrifice is right there with it. Amen. You can't you can't be obedient without some sacrifice, but you can sacrifice without being obedient. Amen. They don't they don't go together. They're they're exclusive, right? But you, you can you can sacrifice and not obey. Obey. Remember that Cain. Brought the sacrifice of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel brought the sacrifice of um, his, the best of his flock, the firstborn, the fat of his flock. Genesis 4 says that the Lord respected Abel's in his offering, but didn't respect Cain in his. And the reason was there's obviously a standard of obedience that Cain didn't follow or didn't want to follow, right? That Abel did. So you can have a sacrifice without, without obedience, but if you have obedience, then sacrifice comes with it. In our own, men, men, in, uh, excuse me, in our own ministries, we want to be obedient to the Lord. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So let's go back to John the Baptist, John 1, 19. 
<clears throat> and it says, now this is the testimony of John. So we, we saw what happened there. The Bible is going to go through John's uh, calling, his ministry. It says, the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And you see that he's quoting a scripture. He knows what his calling is. He knows who he is in Christ. He knows what his job is in the body of Christ. As the prophet Isaiah said, now those who were sent from the fair... Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stand one among you whom you do not know. It is the one who comes after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to lose. See, John was confident in his calling. He was confident. He knew what he was supposed to do. Amen? He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew that he was, his calling was more than adequate in the sight of God. He didn't need physical numbers to, sh- to tell him that he was doing what God wanted him to do. I mean, he didn't need to see these, just all these results, you know, um, to know that he was doing what God wanted him to do. I even think of Jesus. He didn't, his ministry didn't start until he was 30 years old. Amen. And even at, at the end, um, I might have it here actually. I can't remember. But remember when Jesus, when he said, I'm going, you know, you're going to drink my blood and you're going to eat my flesh. He had all these followers, all these disciples, and they all left him except for the twelve. Yeah. Amen. Jesus had the opportunity to question the effectiveness. He probably had the opportunity to question the effectiveness of his ministry. Right? Like, wow, what did I, what did I say wrong? <laughs> Amen. But he had this big following, he had all these people, and it got down to twelve people. Remember, Jesus was a man. He was tempted just like we are. Yep. He was tempted to be upset. He was tempted to be yep. frustrated. Yep. And John, after, he, again, he gave the message, he said in verse 66 that many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Yep. They didn't want anything to do with him after that. Right. Maybe some of them went to John. I don't know. No matter what your ministry is, we just want to call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Who is, you know, it says in Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. And the last thing I want to say is, you know, sometimes it's easy to lose track of our ministry. So, so you see people maybe, maybe did great things for the Lord and were on TV and do different things, and little by little they start going off track of what they've actually been called to do and maybe get into some strange doctrines and different things. I would say just get back to preaching the Word. If you feel like you're out of control and you're not quite sure what God is, if you're in your calling or not, if you're in God's will, just preach the word. Get back to the simplicity that is in Christ. Put your focus on preaching the word. Amen. When you got, you know, remember when uh, when you were younger and if you ever got lost, they always said, "Well, just stay where you are, and then let somebody find you." Right? Just don't keep wandering around, getting lost a little bit more. Just stay where you are. Well. And the same thing in our ministry. If we feel like we're getting lost, if we feel like we're not doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing, just kind of stop. 
You say, okay, what's the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus? That's preaching the gospel, preaching the word. Amen? It's similar when following your calling. If you get lost along the way, stop and get back to what you've been called to do. The last scripture here, 2 Timothy 4.1. So I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And preach the word is an exclamation. What is he saying? He's saying, if you get lost, if you're not sure what to do, just preach the word. My dad would always say, if I was teaching and I, I talked to him afterwards, I'm like, ah, I just don't think it went very well. I don't feel like anybody got anything out of it. You know, having this pity party, pretty party for myself, you know, and different things. He'd say, well, did you preach the word? And I said, well, yeah. That's all we've been called to do. We've been called to preach the word. Amen. And he has a minute. There's a, if you don't know what your ministry is, I would love to, if you want to come up and pray, I'd love to pray with you just for direction. Because I understand, I know. Um, back in 2007, I felt I was called to pastor, and uh, you know, for 12 years, uh, nothing happened. You know, I was getting op- again. I was getting opportunities here at the church, which helped me grow in different things. But I couldn't see anything on the rise. I couldn't see that there was going to be anything towards what I felt my calling was supposed to be. Be patient. Continue to continue to minister, continue to witness, continue to do these things and get back to the basics of Christianity, which is just preaching the gospel. Amen. That's the last commission that he gave us. Amen. The great commission that uh, what's the, the sign back there says his last word is our first priority. Just preach the gospel. Amen. But I'd love to pray with you. So we want to get back to the basics. Amen. Allow the Holy Spirit to direct us again. And if we do that, if we stay in the word and we stay... Just, just again, focus on the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. Even if we straff a little bit, we're going to come back right away. Amen. Amen? And our ministry is going to be effective. Amen. Amen. It's going to be effective for Jesus. Yeah. And I tell you what, when I get to heaven, I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. Amen. And if we stay on the path, we stay in, in line with our calling, you're, we're going to hear that when we get to heaven. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you for... We thank you for your word. We thank you that nothing is impossible with you, Lord. Thank you for gifting us with things uh, beyond what what we could even ask or think for. Lord, I pray that you just stir up these callings and these gifts in people right now. Even tonight, Lord, that people are getting ideas and things that they can do for your glory, Lord. And that they can put those ideas to work in Jesus' name. That you fully equipped us for every good work. Lord, anything that you started at anybody here, it says that you're faithful to complete it. Lord, so we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you. We declare these gifts to rise up in people tonight. We declare these gifts, whether they can follow, that they can follow after the blessing of the Lord will follow after them, follow after them wherever they go, Jesus. Hallelujah. That we can recognize and we can realize the ministry that we have, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We glorify your name. We thank you for a great week. I declare a blessing on everybody here today. Lord, that, that as they go about their week, even that this stirs their heart. Lord, that they can be thinking about and praying about and meditating on, um, what have you called me to do? Lord, and that they will get the answer because it says that we can ask and we will receive. If we seek you, Lord, we will find. So we thank you for the answer before the question even comes, Lord. We give you all praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.